So, kumusta katanan? How's everyone doing? Okay, ra? Okay, kaayo? I know I'm probably really twigging you out. It's like, why are you speaking Filipino right now? It's part of my blood. So I'm going to pray. Thank you for that prayer, but I want to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, pray that you would come and continue your work here today, Father. We just thank you, Spirit of the living God, that you're with us. And I just pray, Lord God, just that, like that song was, let the king of my heart be the fire and the passion in my veins. Lord God, I pray that today, Father, your word would ignite and put oxygen into our spiritual veins, Lord God, that we would ignite and live passionately for you and you alone. We honor you, we bless you, and we thank you for the gift of life today, Lord God. You are worthy to be praised. Amen. So, <clears throat> I don't think we need any uh, introductions. My name is Wood. For some, I'm Coach Wood. For others, I'm just Dad. Um, I have two children here. Um, well, I have five in total. But um, <clears throat> anyway, it's always a privilege to come and speak here. So thank you for inviting me here. Um, and today, I have a message that I believe will encourage us and challenge us. Um, but I'm going to start with a, a weird picture. Okay, I'm going to start and reveal some of my history as a young, halfling Filipino Americano, mocha latte, as I call myself. I was born here in Davao City. For those that don't know, I'm half Filipino. My mama is Filipino, and I'm half. American, whatever that looks like, because that is a total mix in my family. And my beautiful wife is British, Scottish, and a whole bunch of Ireland and beautiful. So um, we are really like a Heinz 57 kind of family. So if you come to my family table in America, it's literally like the United Nations gathering together. Europe, North America, Asia. Um, so, but as a kid, I was born here in Davao City. I remember going to Hagunui, right, and uh, my Filipino side of my family, and we would visit uh, some of my family um, who, had a, who have a rice farm. They still do there. And um, everybody knows what a carabao is, right? You know, the, the giant, moo, powerful, big old beast. It's like the original diesel. If you want real muscle, find a carabao. As a kid, can you imagine? So I was, a, I was quite a bit smaller than I am now. And I would go to the farm, and they had this gigantic carabao. And it used to just blow my mind, because I would look at this thing, and it was powerful. And it just had muscles, and it was muddy, and it was just like, rah. And I, and I would look, and then my cousins, the first time I went, they would run and jump on its back. And I was like, what are you doing? And they would sit on this carabao, and, and just ride it through the rice paddy field, right? My mom never knew this, that I then did the same. And it's kind of dangerous, because if you fall over, that carabao, but they, they trained it. So I have these memories, and, and the role of the carabao is to have a, a plow, right? It carries stuff, it pushes through the soil, and it's pulling stuff. I mean, you try to pull that thing through the soil, you can't do it. So it's a heavy weight, and it, it would be shackled up to its chest, and the full power of this carabao would do it. I used to think, man, I wonder if I could do that. Obviously, I never tried it because it was impossible. I used to think, man, I'd love to be as strong as a carabao. You know? I know that's a weird thing as a kid to, to, to think about. And uh, I'm just letting you into my weird psyche. But my point is, today, 
For some of us, you may be walking and not realizing that you're carrying a heavy burden. And you're walking and you've got like a harness around your back and you've got this big old weight and you're wondering why it's so hard to get through life. You get up in the morning, you have the same battles in your mind. You go to sleep at night, you have new battles in your mind, new fears, maybe some arguments, maybe some, some things that you just don't understand. Why is it happening to me? Why am I struggling with life today? Why aren't I free? I want to be able to be, I want to be strong. I want to be able to run. I want to go through and not be slowed down by this heavy weight. Right? Like a carabao. Oh, and, they, and when they're really going through hard ground, it's just tough. Today, I want to I want to propose that potentially we are carrying certain things in our lives that are not truth. We're walking and these lies and these non-truths that maybe you're spending time listening to or being involved with is starting to rope around your neck and it acts like, and it drags you like with this, with this cart of just heaviness. And Jesus came to say, I'm, gonna, I'm coming to set you free. You know, when Jesus came, he said, I come to save you and to heal you. And some of us were carrying wounds. And some of those wounds may be things that have happened to you. Things that maybe you don't understand why they're happening still. And you're starting to blame either your family, your siblings, or God. And you're thinking, why is this happening to me today? And then you find yourself going into a deeper cycle. You're walking through and it's like, man, where am I going with life today? I know this sounds really heavy, right? It is going to get lighter, trust me. But I want to paint the picture because today in today's society, and this is going to make me seem old, but I'm not, but it ain't like it used to be back in the day. You know, people are saying things like, um, they're, they're turning what's good into evil. Like if you stand up and say, God bless you to somebody in a school in certain places in the world, you end up being sent to the principal. You can't say, God bless you. Or if you stand up in a group and say, I believe in a godly marriage. No, 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 you can't say that. Or you say, I believe that I was, I'm a man and you're a woman. And in some circles, they say, you can't say that. They're starting to turn what's good and, and actually what is God built and made and saying, no, 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 stop saying those things. It's looked at as evil and the evil is then looked at as good. The standards of life today, and I'm sure you guys have probably debated this because you're all very smart guys, and there's so many things in the world, but I want to come back to the Word of God because you know the Bible has everything that you and I need. And it's describing the state of the world, and it was written so long ago, and it describes it so accurately. So you can trust it to guide you in your life today. So you see, before Christ came to set you and I free, if you have a relationship with God, it's like you were that carabao, because when I used to ride the carabao, it didn't have the great big cart behind it. It was free, so you could sit on its back and it would run. With the cart, no chance. Slow trudge, right? And that was boring. You didn't want to sit on it at that moment, right? When Christ came to set you free, He took that burden. We were yoked to sin. 
We were, in essence, doomed to death. And Christ said, I'm coming to stand in the gap. My blood has paid for you. And it's wiped that away. I've lifted that burden. I'm making you new. You can run and be free. Now, I'm sure everyone here today wants to run and be free. But I'm challenging you that today there may be certain things that it's like it's tied around your neck. It's like a rope. And I'm going to call it a word that again can be considered bad. Sin. Sin is entangled around your neck because it starts in things that are not birthed in truth in the Word of God. Okay? And so, oftentimes we can walk through life thinking we're walking the, the faith, but really it's just head knowledge. And I want to challenge us today that just knowing the truth is not the same as walking the truth. Have you guys ever seen the movie um, Neo, uh, The Matrix? Anyone here seen The Matrix? Yeah, pretty much? Because this won't make sense if you haven't seen The Matrix. I'm, I'm gonna, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna do Neo's move. <clears throat> There's uh, Morpheus who's like this, who's like Yoda to Neo. Morpheus is his sensei. Morpheus brings out the best of Neo. And there's this statement that Morpheus says to Neo. And he says this, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. Just have a listen. There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. My challenge today is this. You might have all the head knowledge. You may have been brought up in a Christian home or not but you're in a Christian school, you've heard the truth. You can even argue the truth. You know the truth in your mind. But you can never know the truth fully until you apply it and walk it. You see, when it's just head knowledge, something else can fill your head, right? You can, you can watch or listen to something and then another thing comes, squirrel, and your head is filled with something else, right? Let me read this to you. If you have your Bibles in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. <clears throat> this picture of the carabao that I painted for you. This rope of sin, this lies and things that you're meditating on today that are potentially dragging you and you're putting a cart behind you and filling it day in and day out because you're looking at the wrong source for life. Let's read this together. Isaiah 5, verse 18 to 21. What sorrow for those who drag their sins behind them with ropes made of lies. Ta-da! It's the Bible, right? Ropes made of lies. Can you picture this? What sorrow for those. If there's any part of your life today where you feel, I kind of feel like sorrowful at the moment. Who drag wickedness behind them like a cart. It's very politically incorrect to call some of our actions and thoughts wickedness. But I'm telling you, anything outside of the truth of God is a product of sin, which is wickedness in and of itself and leads to death. Now listen to this. They even mock God and say, hurry up and do something. We want to see what you can do. Let the Holy One of Israel car carry out His plan, for we want to know what it is. What sorrow for those who say that evil 
is good and good is evil. That dark is light and light is dark. That bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Is that the picture of the world today? Just think about it. What do you see on social media? What do you see on television, on YouTube? What's being promoted? Is it light? Oftentimes, it's the dark being promoted as light. And the light being pushed as that's not good. I want you to beware about where and what you're looking at, okay? What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever, right? Let's jump to Psalm 36, verse 1 to 4. And this is that word sin again. That rope of lies that results in sin that's wrapping around your neck. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night, hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Now this picture that we're seeing is an nth degree. I, I pray and I, don't, I believe that none of us are in that position here where you're plotting dark, sinful thoughts at night. And if you are, please come up and we need to pray and chat. Okay? But every one of us has probably got a struggle that is birthed out of a lie, that is not birthed in the truth of what the, what the Lord says you are and where you're going and who you are in Him. And those things can start to play. What I'm saying is this. It can start as a tiny little thought, a little seed. And if you don't get at it quickly, guys, if you know there's certain things in your life that you know is not a good thought process, and yet you continue to do it a little bit, so certain actions in our lives that we, we know is not holy, you know, and, and you kind of ignore it and you continue, you know what's happening? It's like a rope that's slowly tightening up on your neck. And as you continue to walk, it's getting tighter and heavier. And it says you're storing up wickedness in a cart behind you. So what happens? You start to drag and life gets heavier and harder. And yet God is saying, I'm right here. Son, daughter, come to me. I'm, look to me. My arm is never short. But you're, you're strangling yourself. And you're like, ah. And then you're even something saying, God, where are you? Show yourself in this moment. But yet you've got, a, you've got a rope around your neck. The Word of God cuts like a double-edged sword. And I want to challenge you today that if anything of this challenges you, don't close your heart because there's light. Because Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life in its fullness. So if you're living today and not feeling like you're in your fullness, Good news, God says today's a new day. I've created just for you and me to get back. Check this out. You see, folks today will sear your consciences. I was talking um, at a, one of our Bible studies this morning about um, a dull axe. Uh, the guitar, I often call it an axe. I love the guitar. Right? And but a tool 
And a weapon is, a, is, a, is, is, is used to be able to either cut or advance or make a way, right? Can you imagine? So I use this picture. I have a bolo knife at home. And because of my lack of, just because of my laziness, okay, I haven't sharpened this bolo knife in a good year. So can you imagine, when I want that beautiful buko juice that I get from a coconut, and I put it in my driveway, I have to hack and hack and hack at this thing. And if you go to a coconut stand, they just go It's done. If you come to my house, there's fibers going everywhere. The neighbors are scared. Bang, bang, bang. And this thing is just, it's just a nightmare. Because I didn't sharpen my tool. I've got tools that God has given me, and if I don't keep them sharp, if I let it go blunt, if I let my conscience die slowly because there's small things that creep in, you'll find yourself having to work much harder to get to the fruit, to get to the desire of, 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 of goodness that God wants for you, right? I hope that's an interesting picture for you. Joey's seen it. Um, and, I, and actually, he uses it too and hacks away. And then the problem is, when I do get a coconut, this is like life, I can't be bothered. I'm like, oh no, I'm not ready to tackle that issue. I, it's just, it's too hot. But it's like, oh, that delicious cold buko juice would be so good right now. Yeah, but the effort of it all. You see, I haven't put my life in order. Life can be like that for you and I at times. If we're allowing things to creep in slowly, it'll dull the very thing that God wants to use to glorify Himself in and through your life. Those things can make life such a hardship. So ask yourself today, are there things in my life that I've ignored? Certain things that I know are, are birthed in lies. I, I just know it, but I, I, I keep doing it. I keep going back to it. I keep feeding it even just a little bit. I keep living in this fear, in this bubble. I pretend, well, that's just the way I am. Maybe that's where, because I came from the Philippines. I'm talking here like it's myself. Well, because I came from the Philippines and my family and, you know, my background, blah, 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 blah. That's why I am the way I am. But you know, God said that you are no longer in living in condemnation. You're a new creation today if you believe in Christ. So anything that you were or has been done is dealt with. Problem is, have you believed that Christ has dealt with it? Have you trusted Him with those deepest hurts or lies that maybe that keep circulating in your mind? You see, today, if you think about it, in society, there is no longer a compass. Before, you could say, surely they wouldn't say things like that about family. Surely there's a, a, a clear light. You can't say that anymore. Like, like if you say, um, I don't know, how many, uh, how many uh, what do you call it, when you go on the airport and you mark whether you're male, female, or your different genders, or I'm not sure if you could call it a gender. It's almost like a, they have like, how many in a list? Like, you have like 10 or 15 different versions of a human. Who would have thunk? Mrs. St. Clair, I'm not singling you out here, because, but you have wisdom beyond most of us because you've been around for a lot longer. Who would have thunk that these things would even be a part of your decision-making? 
that you would even potentially be in trouble for saying, well, no, I'm definitely a man. It's crazy, right? But today the world keeps twisting these lies. And my warning is today, guys, you are called to be agents of change. I don't want you getting stuck with this noose around your neck or this rope and then you're dragging through life. You have the truth to shine the light onto your feet. It's a path. So today in society, there's no longer a moral code. I think it's fair to say that, right? Anything goes. You can marry a cow, a horse, a cat, or a human. In different countries, they married themselves. I know this is freaky. I hope it is for you. And in certain places, they love themselves so much that they can only marry themselves. Did you know that? Wow. So automatically, you're eliminating the perfect picture of marriage that God has instituted. He describes himself as the groom and us as the bride. Why? Because it's a beautiful romance with the Lord that he wants to have with you and I. But sin corrupts and corrupts it absolutely. And so the warning today is, are you allowing these things to filter through your thought process, even your motives? Because there's a fresh start that you can have today. God has called each one of you to be a light in this darkness, to be a way maker for him. God has called you to, to stand up, not to mold in. The, the young kids here, I remember a long time ago, I spoke about being the nut, the peanut nut in the peanut M&Ms. Be a nut. Don't melt in with the chocolate. This is what often happens. I'll just, well, I, I don't think I can stand up and give my opinion about what I believe the Bible says. Tell you what, when you do, so many people are going to be relieved that somebody finally said something that actually, for one, makes sense. Right? Because so much of what's on social media is absolute nonsense. And for another, you stand up for God. And He recognizes that. And He rewards that. And He gives you freedom in and through that. When you, when you walk it, don't just have a knowledge of it. Walking means standing up for something, right? You may have a knowledge and have been brought up even in a Christian home, but you can stay very quiet when things are unrighteous around you for fear of a whiplash or for fear of standing up. You're called to be a nut. Right? Don't mix with all the chocolate around you. Stay nutty. Right? I know that sounds funny, but that's truly what it is. The world wants to quench the very fiber of who God has called you to be. Why? Because you're, you're dangerous. If you realize that you are a son and a daughter of the King of Kings, and that He's with you, He goes ahead of you, whom shall you fear? But do you believe? Do you stand on the truth or do you allow these lies and these words to wrap themselves around your neck until there's a cart full of wickedness and you find yourself dragging it behind you? That song that you sang, 
It says, be the king, uh, be the king of, may the king of my heart be the fire in my veins. Wasn't that the words? Worship team, right? I love that lyric. It's not just the, 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 the blood in my veins, but be the fire in my veins. Let me ask you this question today. What is firing you up? Right? What makes you excited? It's a very good question because then it'll determine where your treasure is. Because that shows where your heart is. What is firing you up? When you sing that song, may the king, who is that? Jesus, be the fire in my veins. That means that you are set apart for him alone. Another song you sang, may there be no others, no others that I give myself to. I want to give a pure heart. You see, if you want to walk in freedom, you have to walk completely submitted to God. No gray areas, right? You light a match in the darkness, it doesn't go gray. There's white, there's light, right? The darkness disappears. You don't get a weird mid-gray tone. It's light, it's fire. So my challenge is for you today, before these things, for some of us, they're still small. For others, maybe they've been growing over the years. And the rope has been entangled. You think, is there a possibility for me to be free? Yes. And it starts with a heart of submission and repentance to God today. And he says, I will make all things new. Bago. Walay ukay ukay. Use places here, right? God says, today is a day that I've made. You see, if you read the second half of Psalms 36, it shows you God's love and response. It says this, your unfailing love. So we know point one, that God will not fail you. So much of the things that you don't do or you do do is because you live in fear. Maybe I'll start tomorrow. I'm not sure if this is going to work out. So, hmm. so you're living off maybe the faith of others around you. God is saying, I am faithful. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Can anybody here measure the heavens? I don't think so. It's still expanding. Since He spoke, the universe continues to expand. That's ludicrous. But that's our God. And He's for you. Okay? Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. This is our King. This is the fire that should be in your veins. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean depths. If you feel today like, man, I want to get my own back. I just don't get the justice. <laughs> Allow God to do, deal with that. Be found faithful in Him. You care for people and animals alike, O oh Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O oh God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Can you see the picture of who our God is? Do you see the picture that He's painting? There's safety. There's shelter in the shadow. That means in the coolness. You can step out of the heat and step into the coolness of the living waters of God today. 
Those things can be gone instantly. Those lies that you think, I will never be free from this, is a lie in and of itself. God says, I am all that you need today. See, see this. Uh, you feed them from the abundance of your own house, letting them drink from your river of delights. What a picture. God is not, he's, we call him Abba Father, right? There, he has a river of delights that he wants you to drink from. What, when you drink something, when you're thirsty, doesn't, it's, it's the most amazing feeling, isn't it? I remember clown, climbing um, Puting Bato, I think it was, in Samal, with a few friends of mine. And we were so stupid that we climbed it, but we brought no gear because we we're such city boys. And so we get to the top, expecting there to be a tindahan, a little shop or somebody selling water. And it was shut. You know, this little, and we're like. <laughs> so what do we do? We climb the coconut tree, we grab the nut, and all I had was this tiny, and it was the most pathetic, tiny little pocket knife. And it had the tiniest little saw. And there was, how many of us were there, huh? Eight? Yeah. And I had my interns with me. What a great way to lead them. Let's climb a mountain and not drink anything to drink. We'll be fine. We get to the top. Everybody's dying of thirst. <laughs> Can you imagine? So we've got this little saw. We get the coconut, and it's a tiny little nut, and we're trying to saw into it. It's so pathetic. But as soon as it burst open, you should have seen all of us. We could have almost murdered one another. Give me some of that. And it just dripping, and it was tiny bits of water, but it was so refreshing. The delight of, ah, I got something in my mouth. It's been so hot and dry. In life, you can be just like me, just like that. Picture life sometimes. You're just, your throat is dry, your body is aching. You think, I know, there's no way I can get something that I need. God says, I am your river of delight. You've been going to the wrong source, son or daughter. You've been listening to the wrong voices. For you are the fountain of light, the light by which we see. Pour out your unfailing love on those who love you. Give justice to those with honest hearts. Don't let the proud trample me or the wicked push me around. Look, those who do evil have fallen. They are thrown down never to rise again. This is our God, the King to, cur to course through our veins, the fire in your veins. Today, guys, what light are you shining on your feet? What are you following? Or are you just blindly following the person in front of you and not looking ahead? It happens. It can happen to the best of us. You can rely on others' faith rather than your own walk with God. You can rely on head knowledge I could quote you multiple scriptures, therefore I'm okay. I know the truth, but do you walk the truth? When God says, will you let that go from me? And trust me for your inheritance. Do you know like when you forgive somebody, I believe this is for some of us here today, you may still be holding on to some anger. But when you truly forgive, it does two things. One, it releases you first of all. The second thing is you release the outcome of that forgiveness to the Lord. Did you hear what I'm saying? 
if you forgive but you're looking for the result and you're still expecting the result to be made because of your forgiveness, that's not true forgiveness. True forgiveness says, I'm going to relinquish control of the outcome. So regardless of whether they give me what I need, I'm going to forgive because God said, and He is my delight. He is my source of light and life. Forgiveness or lack thereof can be a rope entangled around a wickedness in the cart and can build up year after year. God says, I want to take that from you. I want you to be free. Stop trying to control the outcome of somebody else. Look at your walk with God. Don't just use head knowledge. Head knowledge leads to pride. Right? So many times people want to win an argument only because they want to win an argument. Do you find yourself argumentative? Always got to be right? Maybe you could ask the Holy Spirit to say, how can I love better in this situation? A gentle word can turn wrath away. Even if you're right to be angry, because maybe they're wrong to you. That is called walking the truth as opposed to just knowing the truth. I'm not saying that Morpheus is uh, God, but that was a pretty cool insight, right? So today, my question is this. In response to this, what do you want to do? What should we do about it? I came up with this acronym, and I shared it this morning, actually, at our Bible study. And I called it START. We've all got to start somewhere, haven't we? Right? If you want to get anything done, you've got to start. Any, any procrastinators here as kids? I know I was. Go finish this. Yeah. A little while later. Hey, have you done this? No. Go do it. Yeah. Later. I'm busy. <laughs> Gaming. Oh, I'm on social media. My fingers are on fire. I'm sending important messages. I'm making people think that I'm successful. Look at this selfie. Look at my multiple angles on my nose. Look at it. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I could, I, I so want to do a photo essay, but it's so sad I can't do it. You know, my wife and I went out on Valentine's, wasn't it? And, and we went out and we went for dinner and I looked in this window and there was a couple, all romantic, because on the window there was a sticky heart and all of that stuff and flowers on the table. You know what they were doing? They were taking selfies of themselves in front of each other. So can you, I'm looking, I could, I, no words. Their purpose for living is to justify their own desires. You see, God has a better plan. He says, if you would trust me with your heart entirely. Remember, there's no gray area. Will you trust me fully today? Will you start living in freedom and let go of the fear? Will you start today living a life of significance and not pretending to just be successful? There's a big difference with significance and success. I've known, I know many rich people, they don't have significant lives. They're certainly not happy but they have a lot of money. They have a lot of success. They look good on social media, but when you go just a tiny bit below that, 
it is a mess. They are not successful. So I want to challenge us today. We need to start. So if there's anything that I've said that you feel those are the little foxes in my life. It's like in the Song of Songs. When you read it, and it talks about the little foxes that can mess up everything. If you leave it, those little foxes grow into big foxes. Right? It's really simple. But it's tragic. Will you trust God today and start? So my acronym is this. Maybe do start. S. S. Number one is for significance, not just success. What I mean by that is your decision that you make today, don't let it be just about short-term gain. Look at the significance that God has called for you in your life to be an agent of change, a transformative agent here and now. Don't have to wait till later. Right here, right now, to your friends, to your family. For us people, older generation here, to our businesses and our ministries, the decisions you make, don't let them be decided upon a successful venture, rather a significance for eternity. That'll slow you down, I guarantee it. That will slow down what you do and how you do things. When you think, does this have significance for eternity, or am I just trying to get through today and be successful? Maybe to make myself feel better, and cover up some of those issues, or to make others think and believe I'm doing all right. God says, look, there's no need to pretend. I am all you need. The delight is in me. So one, start with making decisions that have significance for eternity. Two, your talents, T, start, right? Where are you putting your talents into today? I know it's a simple question, but I believe that if you look at your life and, and figure out where am I putting my talents, my musical talents, my, my academic talents, um, my artistic talents, whatever it is that you have that God has put in your hands, what are you focusing on and what are you using them for? A is your availability. And I mean this to God. Are you available to God first? Because I'll tell you this, when you make yourself available to God, then your abilities will be maximized the way God intended. He says, let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. So he has a plan that's already set up for you and I. But it requires our availability to him. Don't just have the knowledge, but walk it. Make yourself available. Put yourself into the presence of God. And say, I am yours and you are mine. I want to know what it means to delight in your presence. Are your resources? It's a very easy question again. Where do your resources go? Your money? How you use your house? How you use your things? Whatever it is, where do your resources go to? Again, it's a good way just to assess your life and go, hmm. Perhaps my resources are going to short-term gains, not things that have significance for eternity. Let me readdress that. Help me, Lord. It's simple, right? But it takes action. I don't want you guys leaving today with just a head knowledge. I want you to move with it. And finally, T, your time. Right? Where you put your time is where your treasure is, which is obviously where your heart is.
My wife always says this, and I love this quote. The proof of desire is pursuit. What do you pursue today? Because that shows you where your desire is, right? So if you find your time, when you divide your day from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, it's a very simple formula. You chop it up into hours or 30-minute sections. You quickly see where you're spending your time. And I'm not just talking about if you have a physical job to do, I get it. But I'm talking about the time in your mental palace. The time in your processing late at night. Maybe when you're alone or maybe when you're with people. But your mind is worrying. Are you honoring God with that first fruit, that seed in the morning? Setting up your life so that you're saying, God, I'm going to delight in you. And everything I do is going to flow in and out through your presence rather than my own. So folks, that's my message tonight. I would love for you, I don't know if the worship team can come up. Um, if there's anything, and I'm calling them tiny little foxes, that you feel or you know God has shown you in your heart, maybe a lack of forgiveness, that may be a big fox or a little fox, it doesn't matter. Don't be ashamed to say, you know what, I need God. Because I say that. I'm telling you, without the Lord, I'd be a wreck. I'd be a mess. There's no shame in saying, I need God. I can't do this on my own. In fact, that's what he says. Not by might, nor by your power, your own, but by the Spirit of God. You need the refreshing rivers of living waters of God. So as the, as the worship team um, plays, I want you to block out maybe any embarrassment you might feel. And if you want today to live in complete freedom, if you found yourself with a cart of wickedness behind you, which you've suddenly realized was tied to you with ropes of lies, God says, I'm going to cut that today if you allow me. And you're going to be free. You're going to stand up straight. You're going to breathe fully. You're not going to be crumpled in. You're not going to be riddled with fear or doubt. He says, I, he says, put on the very mind of Christ. So if your mind is a mess today, come with a submitted heart to God and say, God, I can't do this on my own. Just be honest. God knows you better than you know yourself. And he says, I'm here. My arm is never short. His unfailing love. He's, he does not love like a human being that can fail you. Regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in, God says, come. Start today. Step up and say, God, you know what? Maybe I've been living a little bit of a pretend life here. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know our tomorrows, do we? We really don't. And if you're saying, well, maybe later, don't be like the procrastinator old me. Yeah, I'll do it later. If you see something today, God is showing it to you. You know why? Because he says, I want you to be free. Not because he wants to punish you, but because he wants to set us free. So there's no fear. His love will break that.
His blood breaks every chain that's in your life. So as you sing, and you guys just sing, guys, maybe stand up. Great song. So as you sing this song, just between you and the Lord, you don't need to put your hand up, but if you feel like you want to put your hand up just to declare, today I am no longer my own. I've been bought with the precious blood of Christ, and today I acknowledge the sin of my life, and God, I ask for your forgiveness. Set me free. I want to be free. I want your life to course through my veins today, Lord God. Don't be afraid to pray it out. This is not about your friends. It's not about your family. It's about you and the living God. All you got to do is accept His, His call on your life. It says, Behold, I knock on the door. Will you open it? Will you open it, the door of your heart? Start today, ladies and gents.